Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Hello, and welcome to today's Lifting Lessons at Lunch. I'm looking forward to continuing our study today in the book of Philippians. Um, We've been in chapter 3 for the past two days, and today will be day 3 of chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 8 through 12. Now, these verses, there's so much information here, so many things that we could dissect and look at, and God could speak to our hearts out of just one of these verses easily every day. But we're going to take these few verses, and we're going to look at them together and kind of break them down. If you have a copy of God's Word with you, I'd like for you to turn to Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to start reading in verse 8. The Bible says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means that I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus." Paul continues this part of the epistle here with things that other people might find important or see as impressive, right? He goes through this and he talks about the things that he's gained in his life, the friends that he's gained, the health that he's gained, maybe the popularity that he's gained at this time. He had done so many things for Christ. He had suffered beatings. He had suffered stonings. He had suffered um, all of these different things, imprisonment, all of these things. He had lost a lot of things. He had lost a lot of his health through time. Paul said, all of these things that I've lost, I count those as loss. I count those as dung when I compare them to Jesus Christ. Yea, doubtless, I I have no doubt in my mind that I count all of these things for loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He said, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them as dung or but dung, trash, rubbish, nasty things. I I count them as dung when compared to Christ. Paul in verse 8 recounts all of these things and says, these are all loss when I compare them to the knowledge of Christ. Paul's leading up to verse 10 when he talks about that I may know him. When he uses the word dung, he talks about the lowest of the low. Can you imagine describing possessions or things that you have, things that you hold as valuable as dung? That's what Paul said. He said, when I compare these things to Christ, none of that stuff matters. It's nothing. It's dung. It's it's My righteousness is filthy rags. The things that I could do for Christ are as filthy rags without Christ. And then he ends the verse and says, that I may win Christ. Think about what Paul's saying here. The only way that somebody could say the things that Paul is saying, the things that I've done, the things that I've lost, those things are but dung. The only way that somebody could have that attitude 
is that they realize exactly how valuable God really is. In verse 9, he begins to talk about righteousness. It says, and, being, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. I can't keep the law. I can't be perfect without God, right? I cannot do these things on my own. I can strive every day. I can do everything that I can to try to keep the law. But there's none righteous, no, not one. We can't be righteous apart from Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is realizing here. He says, not that which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. If I don't have faith, I don't have the righteousness of God. I can do my best my whole life. And what am I going to hear when I see Christ? Depart from me, for I never knew you. If I don't have the faith, if I've never been saved, I have no righteousness. I can't claim righteousness because I can't be righteous of myself. And that's what Paul is having us to understand here. He's telling us we can't do this on our own. Verse 10 has become one of my favorite verses, and I want to read this again. It starts off by saying that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. This verse is, is so powerful. The first phrase should be our goal. It should be our purpose, right? We should want to know Christ, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Our desire and the driving force behind what we do should be that we're doing it for Christ and we want to know him, that I may know him better. We could live for two, maybe more lifetimes, much more life, many more lifetimes, and we could still not know everything that there is to know about God. We have not arrived in our knowledge for God. I'm sorry that some people think that they have. They think that they've arrived and they know more than everybody else, but we really don't. When we compare ourselves to the knowledge that Christ has, we could never learn everything that we need to learn. But we should be striving every day to learn more, to be more uh, in sync with God, to be uh, stronger in our relationship with God. God promised that if we would draw nigh to him, that he would draw nigh to us. Right? We can have a closer walk with him. We just have to do our part. This doesn't come without other circumstances. We see in these verses, we want the first part. right? We want to know him. We even want the second part. I want to know the power of his resurrection. right? I want to see power in, in the ministry. I want to see power in uh, Christ raising people from their sins and setting them on a solid rock. I want to see those things. But that third thing... Sometimes we don't want any part of it says that uh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Sometimes we shy away from that and say, I don't know, Lord, I don't want any suffering. I don't want anything like this. I, I'm not looking for that. But we at times forget how Christ suffered and died that we may be free. If we are to know Christ, we can't just use the power of his resurrection. We can't just know the power of his resurrection. We have to also know the fellowship of his suffering. But oh, how sweet this suffering can be. Sounds crazy, right? How is suffering sweet? Oh, when Christ wraps his loving arms around us, when we're going through the most difficult time that we could ever imagine in our lives and the arms of Christ just wrap around us and help us to know that he's with us and that he's comforting us and that he's going to carry us through this, how sweet that suffering can be. Who can make a better time to become close to the Savior than when he's working in your life during hard times? Verses 11 and 12 
if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. We've not arrived. We've already talked about that. We don't know everything that we need to know about Christ. We don't know Christ as well as we could know Christ. We should be striving every day. The the young people we talked about in our uh, service on Wednesday night, that our desire should be to know Christ more. How can we know Christ more? We have to focus on his word. We have to get into his word to know him, to know what he would have us to know about him. He will direct us. His spirit, for those of us who are saved, is inside of us. He, he indwells us, and he leads and guides us through his word. We have to be in his word to go through the power of his resurrection, but also the fellowship of his sufferings. We've not arrived. Paul is saying, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not there. I've not arrived. But my desire is to apprehend that for which I'm also apprehended. Paul is saying the things that God wants me to do, his purpose for my life, that's what I want to do. The only way that I can do that is to know Christ more. The only way that I can move into the places that God wants me to go and to reach the people that God wants me to reach is if I know God. Christ had a purpose in Paul's life, and if Paul was to fulfill this purpose, he had to know Christ. Paul got it. Got it. Through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul understood what it took to be close to Christ. And yet, in all of this, writing all of these these, uh, books and scripture that he had the opportunity to pen, he still said, I'm not there. I've not attained. I don't know it all. But I tell you this, I want to apprehend that for which I was apprehended. He had to know Christ in order to find what God had apprehended him for. We're not saved just to be saved. God didn't save me just to save me from hell. God saved me to know him. God saved me to find what he would have me to do. God saved me to reach other people as he's commanded us to do. Are we doing that today? Ephesians 2.10, this is another great verse. It says, for we are his workmanship. God created us in his image to do his will. It says, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. He didn't just create us in Christ Jesus, period. That's it. End of the verse. Nothing else. He created us in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's what Paul is saying here. I want to apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended. I want to do the thing that God has given me to do. And the only way that I can know that is to humble myself, to realize the things that I have done, the things that I've lost that I used to think are gain, those things are dung in the scope of Christ. I need to know him. I need to understand the power of his resurrection, but I also need to understand the fellowship of his sufferings. And Paul certainly did. I need to know him. I need to be made conformable unto his death. And I need to strive to attain. Even though I understand the limitations that we have in this life, I understand that I still have this flesh, that I'm still going to battle Satan on a daily basis. But yet... I can still strive 
to be what God wants me to be. I can still strive to apprehend that for which also I am apprehended. Are we doing that today? Are we realizing that we are created in Christ unto good works? God before ordained. He, he knew what we were going to be before we were ever born, before we were ever formed. And now he wants us to walk in them. Are we working to apprehend that for which also we are apprehended? Are we doing what Christ has called us to do? Well, maybe I don't know what God wants me to do. Are you doing his will now? Are you doing the commands now? Are you keeping the law now? Now, we're not keeping the law for salvation. Grace has done that for us. God has given us the free gift of salvation. But now, the love of Christ should constrain us to do the things that we're supposed to do, to keep the things that he's commanded us to do, to reach the people that he's commanded us to reach. Are we doing that? I pray that this has been a blessing to you. I encourage you to go back and look through these verses. Study them word by word and phrase by phrase. See what God has to say to you. I pray that this has been a blessing, and I look forward to the next time that we get to spend some time together on Lifting Lessons at Lunch. Thank you.